Belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. This week's service is called What Are We Waiting For? for the week of December 27, 2020. The location is the Ray Homestead in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the speaker is John Ray. Well, welcome back, everybody. If you're listening on the podcast, um, my name is John Ray. I'm part of the teaching team here at Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas. We're really glad that you're with us this morning, whether you're here in Northwest Arkansas or Nia Bay or Portland or wherever. We're glad you're here with us. And welcome to the last message of 2020. We have made it to the end of the year, hoping for better things to come in 2021. Well, it seemed like we'd been in the saddle for hours climbing the dusty track of the mountain roads in Colorado. The views were breathtaking, or maybe it was just the extreme altitude working on our lungs, but whatever the cause, we were truly breathless without breath as we were up on these roads. Riding the Alpine Loop on mountain bikes is not for those who want an easy day trip. It was an extreme trip. It was a difficult trip, but it was a glorious trip. But with each bend in the road, our brain would try to convince our legs and our lungs and our heart to give just a little more effort. And surely we would make it to the summit and start our descent. But any of you who have hiked or biked like this know that oftentimes as soon as you come to one place where you think you're surely at the top, you turn and then you see yet another road ascending even higher. And these false summits come along. Well, in some ways they're good. They, they give us something to aim for, something to go towards. If, if we get, all we could see was the ultimate summit so far in the distance, we might not even try. But these false summits can also discourage us. They can lead us to let down, to settle, to quit. Look, any athlete, experienced hiker, you know how to play these mental games. You know how to, to encourage yourself just to make it to the next one, and then you'll give yourself rest. But knowing that as soon as you get there, you're going to start over with that. That's not bad. That's not a bad strategy. But when those fail, and we come to that place where we thought we could let down, where we could quit, and we just see an endless series of more summits, it's tempting to quit. It's tempting to give up. I know many of us have felt that way this past year. How much more can we take? How much more can we endure? Can't we just stop here? So I have this question this morning that I'm asking. I'm asking myself and I'm asking all of you who are listening. What is it that's keeping you going as a follower of Jesus? What, if, what is it that's keeping us going? What keeps us pushing through the pain towards the ultimate summit? Or maybe we're not. Maybe we've given up. 
maybe we've just settled in on this false summit and said we've had enough. We're not going any further. Well, I would propose to you that what keeps us going is the vision and the promise of what we have been giving, given and what is to come that should be guiding us. But I, I want to emphasize that it starts in what we have already received. This may be one of the most countercultural, counterintuitive ways of approaching life that there is. It's surely what distinguishes Christianity from most other religion or philosophy, which are all about how to earn, how to make it, how to, how to pay back what's been given. Christianity is rooted in this idea that we already have everything that we need. It's already been given to us. Before we made any effort towards it, it came to us. Christianity is about this, this gift, this grace that is given. And so it's not the, the promise of reward or the, the threat of punishment that motivates the follower of Jesus. It is the acceptance of the invitation to live into what has been provided for us and the promise of what that will enable, what that will produce as we accept it. You see, we can order our lives, set our resolutions in an attempt to fix what is broken, attain things through our own efforts and resources, even address the disorder wrong we see all around us. We can, we can focus on the problem and, and make our efforts about fixing it or, or, or. We can organize our efforts out of a deep sense of what we have already received and what is already being done, what has already been given and what is already promised. And then seek to work within that for its realization. Well, how do we guide this? So I want to look at a text. It's not normally thought of as an Advent or Christmas text, but I really think it is. Revelation 21, last second, right towards the end of the Bible, we get this chapter of Revelation, which we studied a few summers back. But I want to, I want to look at this one section of verses, starting in verse 1, chapter 21 of Revelation. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth had ceased to exist, and the sea existed no more. Now, that's not the destruction of the planet, because listen to what it says next. And then I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending from heaven, out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride adorned for her husband. So the passing away of the old earth is not the destruction of the planet. It's a reordering of it. It's a renewing of it. It's still the same planet, same place. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, look, the residence of God is among human beings. He will live among them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eye and death will not exist anymore. Or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the former things have ceased to exist. Um, this is the second advent. 
And look how similar it is to the proclamation of the first advent that we've celebrated all this month. God with us, God's kingdom here established with us. But also note the difference of it. You see, the first establishes as true what had been promised, but it also pointed us to with renewed hope faith and vision of what is to come. The second one says, yes, it will come and it will be done. So we're still moving towards that, even though it's been established, even though what, had, what was promised and pointed to in the, in the prophets um, was, was in, incarnated and made flesh in Jesus. It still points towards the ultimate fulfillment of that establishing of God with us and us with God and God's kingdom being fully realized here on the earth. You know, I think I've spent most of my life in ways swinging back and forth between extremes, trying somehow to be worthy of or to pay back all the privilege that I've been given in my life. And I swing between that or just, you know what, just giving up, just who cares? Why try? I'll never be good enough. I also go through seasons of justifying all my excess, swinging between that extreme or just settling for what is with that. All of this is rooted in a failed imagination. Indeed, most of our lives are situations the things that we face represent a fantastic failure of our imagination. Our thoughts are constantly corrupted by advertising, the preposterous posturing of people offering man-made stopgap measures and short-sighted solution to situation that can only be adequately addressed by God in the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. God, have mercy on us all. So what are we to do? Where, do, where are we to go in 2021? This new year offered to us in mercy and grace. This new year that many of us thought would never come. It's here. Where are we to go? How are we to approach it? Well, as we wrestled with this in the teaching team, Alex made the comment, you know, to start with, you have to care about this stuff. You truly have to care. In, in a world that tries to numb us, we have to constantly cultivate concern and compassion. And we have to be careful, though, because the world, as soon as it starts to do that, then it will try to take those things and then take them off track into the area of fear and panic. So we have to be careful how we cultivate that care and concern with that. We have to learn to see with different eyes, hear with different ears, think with different minds, and love from different hearts. As Tim Holland mentioned in the meeting, he said, we, we have to have a totally new perspective, a truly complete perspective. 
This is what it means to press on through the false summits. This is what it means to press on. Yes, we, we, we do. We stop. We take a breath. We get a, we get a view of the vista. We take our coordinates, but we always press on. Laura mentioned how in her studies that it's evident that each time God is incarnated or encountered in the Bible, the people there, we think that like this is the best. It couldn't get any better. Surely this must be the place we are supposed to be. And yet as we read the Bible as a whole narrative, we see that time and time again, God is leading his people a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. So we can't stop. We can't stop and say, it's done. It's finished. It has indeed been done for us. But we have this responsive responsibility to push through to all that has been provided, not to stop short. There is still much to come, friends. So much more to come. So what are we waiting for? What more do we need to start acting, living, believing, caring as we should? This starts with cultivating an active gospel imagination, something that we talk a lot about at Grace Church. It's, that's this renewing of our imagination, our fixing of our eyes on Jesus, our setting our intentions on the kingdom of God. We have to have this active gospel imagination rooted in both advents. Both advents must form us. The first we are celebrating now. The second is to guide us as we enter into another year full of opportunity to reflect more deeply the image of God who created, saved, and sustained us. This God who is our past, our present, and our future. The God from whom all peace, joy, and love is found. At Grace Church, we believe the promise of the universal reign of Jesus and the coming of the kingdom of God invites us to throw open the doors of the church, to welcome in everyone through this practice of radical hospitality and inclusion. We ourselves are transformed more and more into who we are created to be. Our confessions and our doctrine, our principles and our practices all flow from this invitation and these promises. We believe that the nature and character of God is most clearly seen and encountered in God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is our Lord. We are His people. In the march of history, this march that is sometimes so dreary and hopeless and exhausting, full of false summits, we are the ones who are marching towards Jesus. Look, we've all hit false summits in the past probably more than our fair share this past year. But now is not the time to stop. Now is not the time to settle. Surely now is not the time to turn back. Friends, look, I know this sounds crazy, but I may be as excited about this next year as I've ever been because of what we have come through. What has been done in us is, is being done through us what is being done among us. 
I don't believe it's going to be wasted. I don't believe 2020 is going to be this, this thing that we, we just throw out and we say, ah, oh, that never happened. Let's go back to the way it was. No, I, I believe the redemption, the redemptive power of God is going to enable that, is going to use that to propel us forward as we've never been before. But we have to have the imagination for it. We have to have our minds fixed on Jesus. We have to clear the clutter of the fear-mongering, the conspiracy theories, the, <clears throat> the advertising that seeks to just get us to settle or to numb or distract. We have to keep moving forward. Like I said earlier, we're going to get a lot of a lot of opportunities for that in the next year in our in our studies and our going and our in our ministry and our welcoming and our hospitality and our shalom and our practices. I want to ask you to set your intentions to be part of that. Be part of it in every way. Showing up, giving sacrificially, praying diligently, offering hospitality, rooting yourself in the shalom of the kingdom organize, orient your lives around this. Thank you for listening to the Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find out more about us at gracechurchnwa.org. Have a blessed week.